welcome to day 257 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2, The Drama of Scripture. I'm Paul Camp here with Cindy Camp, Matt Kresge, and David Keefe as uh, we continue our journey through the prophets. And uh, we're kind of giving you a taste of the prophets, the way the tapestries work together as they move, you know, from pronouncements of God's wrath and his judgment to uh, pronouncements of God's grace. They can bring us into the immediate moment in which they're speaking, and they can give us a far view of what God uh, will one day do among his people, and even a shorter view of uh, of restoration on a physical level that that foreshadows, you know, what is coming. So we we come to Ezekiel, and Ezekiel, like Jeremiah, is is living in the moment, you know, where uh, God's judgment comes to its peak in the city of Jerusalem. Uh, you know, already, the the kingdom of Israel, uh, you know, have a uh, hundred years before passed off the scene, and now Jerusalem has kind of been a final holdout, and. Uh, Judah and Benjamin have kind of been a whole, final holdout, but they're under siege, will be destroyed, you know, by uh, uh, Babylon. And, uh, of course, God's judgment on the city uh, will be complete. The land will be given its rest. And so when you open up in, in the book of Ezekiel, he finds himself on the Kabar River. And, of course, the Kabar River will not be found anywhere near uh, the city of Jerusalem. He is in Babylon with with the exiles. And, of course, you have some nice, you know, apocalyptic imagery we've missed all the whirling eyes and the wheels that are rolling around in the throne of god that is moving in directions wherever uh you know these uh, uh incredible cherubim you know turn their faces and things like that uh but we, we've been highlighting when we come to the prophets uh their announcement of the future renewal of course that is setting us up for the new covenant and for the coming of christ so we we take you all the way through a lot of exciting stuff in Ezekiel, and we take you uh, to Ezekiel chapter 33. Uh, before we read, as always, uh, we realize there, there, there's so much here, especially as we read the prophets this week. There, there's so much here, and the images move so rapidly and so fast uh, from judgment uh, you know, to renewal. Uh, but we, we read uh, to set our hope on him. And one of the gifts that we've been given is is a hope. And that hope is formed through the promises of the prophets that are fulfilled in Jesus in the New Covenant. So before we read Ezekiel 33, uh, David, do you mind lifting us up with a word of prayer? No, let's pray. Father, we, um, we come before your word and we ask that as we, um, as we read it, um, that it would be the living and active word that would get deep inside us. Um, Father, you know where each of us are, so we ask that your word would, would meet us where we are, and that if we need encouragement, may we be encouraged. If we need conviction, may it bring conviction. May it renew and restore, and most of all, may it, may it fix our gaze once again on Christ. And may we, as we look to Christ, uh, may our sadness turn to joy. May our mourning um, be reversed. And may we um, be your people. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. And Ezekiel 33, and the, word, or the Lord came to me, Son of man, speak to your people and say to them, I bring the sword against the land and the people of the land. Choose one of their men and make him their watchman, and he sees the sword coming against the land and blows the trumpet to warn the people. Then if anyone hears the trumpet but does not heed the warning and the sword comes and takes their life, 
their blood will be on their own head. Since they heard the sound of the trumpet but did not heed the warning, their blood will be on their own head. If they had heeded the warning, they would have saved themselves. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet to warn the people, and the sword comes and takes someone's life, that person's life will be taken because of their sin. But I'll hold the watchman accountable for their blood. Son of man, I've made you a watchman for the people of Israel. So hear the word that I speak and give them warning from me. When I say to the wicked, you wicked person, you will surely die, and you do not speak out to dissuade them from their ways, that wicked person will die for their sin, and I'll hold you accountable for their blood. But if you do warn the wicked person to turn from their ways, and they do not do so, they will die for their sin, though you yourself will be saved. Son of man, say to the Israelites, this is what you are saying. Our offenses and sins weigh us down, and we are wasting away because of them. How can we live? Say to them, as surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but rather that they turn from their ways and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways. Why will you die, people of Israel? Therefore, son of man, say to your people, if someone who is righteous disobeys, that person's former righteousness will count for nothing. And if someone who is wicked repents, that person's former wickedness will not bring condemnation. The righteous person who sins will not be allowed to live, even though they were formerly righteous. If I tell a righteous person that they will surely live, but then they trust in their righteousness and do evil, none of the righteous things that that person has done will be remembered. They will die for the evil that they've done. And if I say to a wicked person, you will surely die, but they turn away from their sin and do what is just and right, if they give back what they have taken and pledge for a loan, return what they have stolen, follow the decrees that give life, and do no evil, that person will surely live. They will not die. None of the sins that person has committed will be remembered against them. They have done what is just and right. They will surely live. Yet your people say the way of the Lord is not just, but it is their way that is not just. If a righteous person turns from their righteousness and does evil, they will die for it. And if a wicked person turns away from their wickedness and does what is just and right, they will live by doing so. Yet you Israelites say the way of the Lord is not just, but I will judge each of you according to your own ways. In the twelfth year of our exile, in the tenth month, on the fifth day, a man who had escaped from Jerusalem came to me and said, The city has fallen. Now the evening before the man arrived, the hand of the Lord was on me, and he opened my mouth. Before the man came to me in the morning, so my mouth was opened, and I was no longer silent. Then the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, the people living in these ruins in the land of Israel are saying, Abraham was only one man, yet he possessed the land, but we are many. Surely the land has been given to us as our possession. Therefore say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, since you eat meat with the blood still in it and you look to your idols and shed blood, should you then possess the land? You rely on your sword, you do detestable things, and each of you defiles his neighbor's wife. Should you then possess the land? Say this to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, as surely as I live, those who are left in the ruins will fall by the sword. Those out in the country I will give to the wild animals to be devoured, and those in strongholds and caves will die of a plague. I'll make the land a desolate waste, and her proud strength will come to an end, and the mountains of Israel become desolate, so no one will cross them. Then they will know that I am the Lord, when I have made the land desolate waste, because of all the detestable things that they have done. As for you, son of man, your people are talking together about, <laughs> about you by the walls and at the doors of the houses, saying to each other, Come and hear the message that the Lord has come from. Come and hear the message that has come from the Lord. My people come to you as they usually do, and they sit before you to hear your words, but they do not put them into practice. 
The mouth speaks of love, but their hearts are greedy for unjust gain. Indeed, to them, you're nothing more than one who sings love songs with beautiful voice and plays an instrument well, for they hear your words, but do not put them into practice. When all this comes true, and it surely will, then they will know that a prophet has been among them. And so we have, again, you know, the stark judgment you know, that is taking place. And, and, of course, the interesting thing, you know, that, uh, you know, that uh, God is telling Ezekiel is he has a very unpleasant, you know, position as most prophets, you know, have had, you know, in pronouncing, you know, God's judgment on the people when their hope is still in themselves, even those few people that are still in the land saying, Abraham was just one person. We got this. And, and God said, no, the judgment will be complete and it will find you where you are. And he compares, you know, Ezekiel to a watchman. And he says, you know, if you see the sword coming and you warn the people, their blood will be on their own hands. If you see the sword coming and you do not warn them, their blood will be upon their head, but it'll also be upon your head. And, and of course, that, that's kind of the position we are in the people of God as we speak, mm-hmm. you know, to this generation. We've been talking about this a lot as a staff, what, what our tone should be, should we be really harsh. We, Obviously, you know, should follow the pattern of the Beatitudes with humility. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even even uh, the pattern of the Lord here, it says, do I delight, you know, in, in, in the, uh, uh, the destruction of the wicked? Would I not rather that they turn and live? But we do have a responsibility as, as, as a watchman on the wall to speak truth to this generation uh, in a way that reflects the heart and the grace and the character you know, of God himself and our Lord Jesus Christ. This is one of those chapters, um, you know, we've talked about it some, but we've been moving so quickly through the prophets that a lot of times we approach the prophets and we're just kind of nervous to read their message because we view them as kind of, you know, just their message is prophetic and it's always about the future and it's so hard to understand. But, I mean, most of the prophets' message is this right here, this foretelling, you know, where they just tell the people as it is. Like, this is what the Lord says. Judgments come upon you. Here's the message. You're an unjust people, and yet the Lord is just. And, you know, and I think that's helpful to remember as we read the prophets that a lot of times they're literally just kind of bringing this lawsuit back on the people. You know, hey, you've broken God's covenant. You have not been the people God has called you to be. You're far from the heart of God. And if you understood the heart of God, you would be a different kind of people, you know, and it prepares us for the new covenant, it prepares us for what it really looks like to be God's people. And, and I mean, here it is, you get to the, you get to the end of this chapter and it almost is just like, this is, this is foreshadowing because it, it, it's showing us what people are like, but it's foreshadowing us the, the people's response to Jesus as well. Jesus comes and they love to hear him speak in a sense, but they don't love to do what he says. And then, you know, when they begin to see that what he actually is speaking is true and and what you know what he's com- commanding them to do they don't like what do they do they kill him uh, there uh, you are to them just like someone who sings a love song with a beautiful mm-hmm. uh, voice they love to be entertained by the word of god but not to be changed you know by the the word of god and of course you have this you know stark picture that no matter how unrighteous a person is if they turn and repent then god in his grace mm-hmm. uh, will count that as righteousness and no matter how I ri- ri- Righteous a person may have been if they turn away from God uh, and, and, and turn to evil, then that'll be you know counted against them, you know as, as well. It almost feels like he's almost saying there's a it's a person who's maybe thought they've repented, but they have no fruit. But it's also a person who who truly did repent, 
and then you do see the fruit, which he says, and they do what is just and right, even towards the end of the chapter as well, it's, it's the person that he says this person doesn't put it into practice, but there's also a person that, that does put it into practice. No, there is. So there's a huge contrast. And, and obviously, you know, Jesus is telling the same parable against, you know, the Pharisees when he talks about, you know, the certain two men went up to the temple to pray. And one is thanking God that, uh, you know, he is not like other men and that he tithes and he does all of these, you know, righteous things. And, of course, he is, you know, depending on his unrighteous. And there's another who has beat their breast and not even lifting their face, you know, to heaven saying, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. And, of course, that is the one who walks away you know, justified. His confidence is in the strong grace of God rather than in their own personal goodness and righteousness. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, gosh, this is so con- convicting and so relatable, but where the Israelites say in 20, the way of the Lord is not just, but I will judge each of you according to your own ways. Um, you know, to say that is to say, well, my ways are right, you know. No. And so that's where the judgment falls. It, it, you know, that's it, it, our obviously, personal rebellion. You know, yeah. While we're judging, you know, while we're judging the righteousness of the Lord, Lord says you might want to look at your yeah, own righteousness. Exactly. <laughs> uh, since you have such a discerning, you know, such mm. a discerning spirit, look deep, you know, within yourselves. Yeah. Rather than accusing me of doing wrong, look mm-hmm. at you know the wrong, you know, that you have done. Mm-hmm. And would I not, you know, and that's back to the heart of the message, would I not rather that you turn, yeah. turn, yeah. Uh, and, and find life in, in me? Mm-hmm. Cindy, do you mind closing us out with a word of prayer? No, I don't mind. Father, we um, thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, for how your word um, so appropriately convicts us of sin. And we also thank you, Father, the grace that's found in it as you also comfort our, our broken hearts. And so, Lord, we just um, ask that you would continue that work in our hearts through the, even the rest of the day and, and week. Lord, that you would meet us where we are, that you would reveal to us the areas of our heart that need to be confessed and where we need to repent and turn and, and to receive from you the incredible grace and mercy that you have extended to us through the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, Father, thank you for the work that you're doing and that you have so faithfully promised to continue to do. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.